Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Dr. Stephanie Lahr, CIO and CMIO at Regional Health. In this segment, she talks about the biggest challenges her team faced in planning for a Big Bang Epic rollout, including having to consolidate multiple workflows, and how they ensured it was physicians leading the charge before, during, and after go live. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. So I think the best place to start is to get an overview of regional health. Know that you're an integrated care system based in South Dakota, but if you could talk about some of the services you provide, patient populations, things like that. Yeah. So regional health is the largest healthcare system in western South Dakota. We also serve some of uh, eastern Wyoming. We have five hospitals and then two managed hospitals in that same area. 24 clinic locations. We also have an assisted living facility, two long-term care centers, six urgent cares. We do pretty much everything in the medical spectrum outside of transplants. So Mm -hmm. we have a cancer center, a heart and vascular institute. We have a rehab hospital. We do behavioral health, dialysis, surgery, all of those kinds of things in Western South Dakota and Eastern Wyoming. Okay. And then as far as the population, is it fairly uh, geographically dispersed? Yeah, we have a wide geography that we cover several hundred miles. There can be times where if you're driving from, you know, one of our locations to another, you can be on a quiet highway for 90 minutes and not pass through another community. So certainly we are rural. We also have the opportunity to serve some of the Native American reservations in South Dakota. And so um, that is also an added element of our demographic that is a bit unique to certain areas of the country. Right. Okay. And you said five hospitals and two that are managed hospitals? Yeah. So it's not uncommon in rural areas for a hospital to need assistance from another hospital or organization to help provide particularly some of their executive leadership. You know, a very small hospital can sometimes have a hard time recruiting for finding and adequately supporting part of their executive team. So we have two hospitals in our region, one in Wyoming and and one in South Dakota. They are independent hospitals. We don't own them in any way, but their um, executive leadership, their CEO is actually an employee of regional health that we then lease, for lack of a better word, out to those hospitals. So they're a part of our team from the support structure, but they function independently as the CEO for those organizations, taking into account those organizations' priorities and and take direction from their local boards. Okay. And what about the the new hospital that just opened? What type of uh, facility is that? So that is an orthopedic and specialty Mm -hmm. hospital right here in Rapid City. 
So our main campus has historically done, you know, all of those cases as well as our more acute patients, both in the related to the emergency department and then admissions as well as surgical patients. So just today, we opened the new orthopedic and specialty hospital, primarily focused on specialties that are in the musculoskeletal and performance-related areas, so neurosurgery, orthopedics, podiatry. Our pain clinic is in the process of moving up there as well. The surgical cases and procedures for those specialties, as well as our outpatient rehab and wound care um, management So taking some of those special areas with a a group of patients that don't necessarily need full-fledged hospital. So Mm -hmm. we have all of the things that a person could need in those specialties. But for example, there's not an ICU there or something of that nature because the patient population is not directed to be at that level of care. Right. Okay. So certainly a lot going on. And as far as the EHR, Are there multiple systems? So in October of 2017, we went through uh, an organization-wide transformational epic rollout, big bang for the entire organization all at one time. We also had two Community Connect sites, a local radiology clinic that we are in a joint venture with, as well as a same-day surgery center in Rapid City that's a joint venture for ours. We rolled out EPIC to them and all of our sites at the same time. And then this October, we actually rolled out to those two managed hospitals, as well as one other hospital in our region through the Community Connect model. So for a little over the past year, um, Regional Health has had the luxury of being able to have all of our patients on one EHR, both inpatient and outpatient. We do still have a separate system that's used in our long-term care facilities, but that's, that's on our roadmap for being able to get them over onto EPIC as well. Okay. Okay, so that obviously that's been a really uh, big initiative for the organization. Absolutely. When I came to Regional Health in April of 2016, that was called the EHR Unification Project. It was definitely an all-hands-on-deck, everyone in operations, technology, executive leadership. That was our strategic priority for that next 18 months was to do the best job we possibly could of getting that new EHR stood up knowing that turning it on was really only going to be the beginning, but that we had to lay the right foundation in order to get off on the right foot. And now the really fun part begins because we can start using the system. People are relatively comfortable. The workflows have transitioned. And so now we can really start to see where we can take it. Okay. Can you talk about some of the work that had to be done to, to get that foundation in place? Oh, absolutely. So, (laughs) you know, I think in any EHR transition, there are the obvious things that you have to manage through, and then there are the less obvious things that while everyone has the goal in mind of how great it's going to be at the end, there are always Mm -hmm. going to be some things that are just painful. So um, the first thing we had to do, we had five, depending on how you counted, at least five EHRs that we needed to unify into one. So in areas that we were doing data migration, we had to make decisions about, well, what was the source of truth? Because we had five sources of truth, and only one of those could become the future state truth. 
We also right. had a lot of workflow work to do in thinking more like a system and acting more like a system. When we had multiple EHRs, it was very easy for um, different areas that were using a different system to be able to leverage the system in the way they felt best for their particular work area and not right. so much have to worry about what the impacts might be on other areas in the system. Uh, with that, obviously, came communication gaps and coordination of care gaps because our cardiology practice wasn't on the same EHR as the hospital, for example, or even our primary care clinics. So while it sounds great to bring all of that under one umbrella EHR, there are a lot of discussions that have to take place around the rules of the road and how we're going to use yeah. that system as one and together. So those are a couple of the big things. We also had some goals. Our physician advisory committee that was um, leading that part of the charge decided that we really wanted to improve the accessibility of information both to each other as well as to our patients. So mm -hmm. we went through a pretty intense process of reviewing what that might take and made the decision, for example, to essentially eliminate all back-end transcription when we went live with Epic, mm. which meant that we really had to leverage the Epic tools. And then we also went through a process of enhancing our front-end speech tools to make sure that those were extremely reliable and uh, easy to use. Then from the patient-facing side, we wanted to focus on, you know, now we were going to have the luxury of one portal instead of multiple portals. And we wanted the patients to really have access to their information. So we took a pretty progressive approach in results release and other kind of information that was going to go to the patient portal right out of the gate. But that took a lot of um, discussion. It took some problem solving. In some cases, it was just talking things through and helping people allay fears and concerns they might have about what that new future state would look like and how we were going to yeah. handle things differently. And so used a lot of our project management resources, our change management resources to really redesign what that future was going to look like. Great. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.